Welcome to an expanded, expanded after hours with me, Rick Hogan. Uh, two of, and enough about the weather. I'm not talking any about the weather. Everybody's talking about the weather. The, the hell with it. Uh, two of the most talented and uh, interesting people I've ever had on this show are sitting right here next to me, Tom Castle and Patrick McBriarty. Uh, they know more about this city, and I'm saying that because this city would not exist were it not for this river we can see out here and this lake we see out here. And you two guys are in a continuing effort to promote and inform and entertain about both things. Am I making too much of you guys? Yes, because I, I always refer to you as the person who knows more about Chicago than any other human Yeah, but being. I learn it from people like you. I just, I, I'm, I'm a sponge. I absorb you're, you're, it. You're so gracious. I, I, I don't know that we deserve that introduction, but we'll take it, I guess, right? Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> Tom is not only a historian. Uh, he's a, a remarkable, remarkable entertainer. I've played so much of your music on this station over the many years. Patrick is not only an interesting guy, but a terrific writer. His book about the bridges, the Chicago River Bridges, is one of the best books ever written about Chicago. Don't you agree, Tom Castle? No, definitely. Thank you. How did you both, both, how did you both, or you're both here to talk about an event coming up uh, Thursday at the Chicago Maritime Museum, and you're going to be here until a quarter after, so we will certainly promote the hell out of that event. Uh, What first drew you to water, Tom Castle? Oh, it was, uh, well, my old partner, Chris Castle, and I were doing a promotional thing. We had written this song called Song for the Whales, and we were looking for a whale in Lake Michigan. That would take up a lot of time, (laughs) and we should probably do that over cocktails afterwards. But but we ended up um, on board the schooner Charlotte Ann, Mm -hmm. who was a Chesapeake Bay oyster boat built back in 1888. Wow. And that's where the hook was set for tall ships. And we both became uh, volunteer crew and then paid crew. I was the unlicensed mate of Charlotte Ann, and then I became uh, the licensed captain of a whole bunch of boats on the lake and the river here so i mean that could not have been i mean obviously you saw the lake before that but that's what really sort of ignited your passion oh and your and your life's work yeah we grew you know we both grew up here and um and we were playing in irish pubs starting in chicago and then all all over the country and we thought well if there's uh maritime music from ireland and scotland and england and everywhere else there must be some from the Great Lakes, too. And that's where we met Professor Ted Karamansky with the Chicago Maritime Society mm-hmm. before there was a museum. museum. Ted turned us on to a collection of music at the University of Michigan, the Ivan Henry Walton collection, mm. who was an old professor who dragged a record-cutting machine around the Great Lakes in, from 1939 to 1940. like Alan Lomax. Wow. Actually, he wrote to Lomax, and they corresponded about record-cutting machines. How interesting. And uh, so we discovered this, for us, discovered this, you know, this whole, you know, bank of music that we didn't know existed. And the two dovetailed in. And somewhere in the 80s, we decided we're going to write our own job description, which was sailing and singing and see if anybody would hire us and and people hired you. it's been a whole lot of years since <laughs> yeah and, it's and been now more. there's an actual museum here and we're 
you know, things are moving along. Patrick, well, what about you're doing you? some film stuff too, Tom. You know, here and there, and it's, uh, you know, yeah. So. Well, I, I moved to moved to Madison, Wisconsin, and, uh, and got involved with the wrong kind of people, and um, <laughs> of which there are plenty in oh, Madison. Plenty of, and I ended up doing all kinds of all kinds of music and uh, film, a little bit of theater. Um, I was uh, active politically, which led me to doing a play with Ed Asner a couple years ago. Oh wow! Which cool. was you remarkable. Know, I'm sure all these different uh, all these different avenues. You know that just serendipitous. Well, and all these opportunities that presented themselves too. Yeah, yeah. because of the work you do, Patrick. When did you get hooked? Yeah. Oh gosh, the, I. I I've always enjoyed the water. We we swam as kids. Got my mom. I think it was her break for the four of us kids to send us to the pool for swimming lessons when, when we were very young in in normal Illinois. And then, growing up in Youngstown, Ohio, I I somehow heard a little bit about sailing, but being very landlocked. Sure. Finally, got a chance to to do a little bit of sailing in graduate school, and then was out in Washington D.C. for a while and. Um, my boss let me know that it wasn't a good fit, and so so I was looking for jobs, and he didn't fire me immediately. But yeah. but uh, I found ended up finding a job as a working at a boat supply store in Annapolis, Maryland, and a buddy from Chicago who I knew from college said, "Oh man, that would be a cool job. You should take it." And so I interviewed and got the job, and spent two and a half years and picked up a sailing habit there, and. Then came to Chicago because I wanted to be back in the Midwest and have that Midwest sensibility. And so started sailing, frostbiting at Belmont Harbor and uh, doing occasionally coming up, you know, seeing the river and then shot the bridges at one point and thought maybe there's a book in it and left that alone. Wouldn't you have thought, and time you enter this too, you would think to yourself, one might, that, oh my God, look at these amazing bridges. There are probably more bridges here than there are in Paris. I'm sure there are a lot of books about them and there weren't. Yeah, there. that was the amazing thing. There yeah. was little or no, there was some scattered research, but nobody put it all together. Um, but that was probably why, because I found sources all over the place um and had to bring it all together and different university libraries and the public library and cdot was good enough to let me in their archives a bit so yeah to bring it all together it i thought i'd do it in a year and it was an eight-year effort to well, get I'm it sure. published and the book is remarkable i mean well, thank you, you. Were, when it first was published chicago river is that the title chicago river bridges yes and and actually we also did a documentary steve hatch and i called chicago drawbridges which is out actually it's available out there on vimeo if you google vimeo chicago drawbridges it's available you can watch it for free it was shown on pbs here in chicago and milwaukee in uh 20 one of the things tom i think you were the guy who told me many years ago that you would perform at various schools around the chicago area oh i know what you're getting to and it is it has haunted me forever but it is really i think a a sort of seminal uh disaster in that you would ask the kids fourth graders maybe how many of you kids i'm going to sing a song about the lake you've all seen the lake and they're looking at you like you're nuts and and you go how many of you have ever seen the lake or the river and you were stunned by the lack of hands that rose yeah i think we did 40 library shows (laughs) and we also work with the friends of the river at a couple different high schools and elementary schools but the one i think the the stat you were talking about is Mm -hmm. when we were we just i don't know why we just started doing that raise of hand thing Mm -hmm. and i would say it didn't matter whether the neighborhood was middle class or affluent or not so affluent uh there's somewhere between 10 and 70 percent of the people had never seen 
the lake. Uh, yeah, it's it, amazing. Th- th- that has also haunted me. But also, I think, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, that people do not, yes, you know, look at the lake and the river, as you will, in a different way from here, go, wow, look at the lake, look at the river. And that's like the depth of their knowledge, where yeah. there is so much more, and I think so much more exciting things to learn about the river and the lake and this is why chicago is here sailing on the sailing on the sailing ships also led me uh to captain some of the tour boats right here on the Mm. river with mercury and chicago's first lady and i learned i told somebody at the time i learned more about chicago in the first two weeks captaining those boats than i did in my entire life put together yeah and and the fact that also through the maritime society and ted and other scholars uh ralph freeze and all kinds of characters sure um learned that chicago was the fourth busiest sailing port in the world back in the 1880s there were two to three hundred ships here every day wow and nobody ever taught that i never understood neither have i because in in most in their many old pictures even in a couple books i've written of the the river Mm -hmm. in a in a time where it is so it is totally jammed with boats, it's like you know the Soldier Field parking lot on Bears Day. We're going to take a break for a couple of minutes. I'm keeping these two fine gentlemen, uh, Tom Castle and Patrick McBriarty, in here. We're going to talk about the Chicago Maritime Museum event coming up this Thursday, but also about the meaning of water to the place we live. Welcome back. We are talking about the Chicago Maritime Museum, the lake, the river, Tom Castle. And Patrick McBriarty are experts at this. Okay, let's. There's an event Thursday at a place that you may not know about. It's been around for a while. It's the Chicago Maritime Museum at 1200 West 35th Street in one of the great buildings, I think, in Chicago. What What's the history of the museum? Uh, well, it's basically it was the Maritime Society for many, many years. Um, they always wanted to be on Navy Pier. Sure, of course. Um, we were at North Pier for, I believe... That's right. I remember it there. Two yeah, yeah, years, yeah. maybe in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was um, it was one of those things that didn't didn't quite work out. It was on the Ogden Slip, which was kind of nice, so yeah, sure. being on the water. And then there were a couple different plans. There was a plan for Northerly Island, Island that never happened. There were a couple things here and there. But the Bridgeport Art Center, I think, is one of the coolest <laughs> no question. spots. And it's, you know, basically, if you get off for Sox Park, and right before you go into the river, turn right, and yep. um, and it's right there. And the, the concept is basically um, supplying galleries to dozens, if not a hundred artists. It's it, it, yeah, and there's a couple other businesses in there, and and it's uh, actually on the, every third Friday they typically have open houses. Open house, right? And oftentimes, then uh, the Maritime Museum will host talks and speakers that are relevant to the water and, and other topics on Chicago history and, and heritage. Being involved with that place, you both you must punctuate the feeling that Chicago does not appreciate its maritime history anywhere near as much as they should. And I'm talking about Chicagoans in general. For sure. I, Chicago has a very rich... It was similar to the bridges, which is related and connected. Sure, of course. It was such a deep well that I had not expected. I thought doing a little bit of research on this would be pretty quick and not yeah. that hard hopefully but but there's so much to it because the city's been around for you know over 150 years which is still relatively young compared to places in Europe yeah but, 
but it's uh, it's fascinating the characters of Chicago history, and it's almost all water related, especially in the early histories of tugboats getting mad at the bridges, impeding them, taking ships and lawsuits, and people jumping off bridges, and all kinds of crazy stuff have happened. And and that's just on that aspect, let alone this, the sailing schooner elements that you know so much better, Tom. Oh, yeah. If you like go, the Christmas ship, for instance. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh, my God. The Christmas tree ship. Yeah. There, yeah actually, there's several Christmas tree ships. Wow. And that was, yeah. you know, the, the Schooneman one was the most famous. But if you go to the museum, you'll see some very interesting things, including, you know, artifacts and things, but also images. There's one that is I one of my favorites is there's just the burnt hulk of Chicago after the fire. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of schooners that are moored on the river right there. And they're bringing in supplies to, you know, rebuild Chicago. And that's one of my favorite favorite images of the whole the whole museum and uh the build out was done it was designed by dirk lohan who oh know, famous architect and uh i mean and he, he's been part of the maritime society and the maritime museum for decades um so it's a really really interesting group of people who are very passionate about what they do and i think once you get into the stories and when i started doing tour boats that was right around the time devil in the white city came out (laughs) and there was a passion about chicago history that was you know amazing and we would love to be able to maybe be some of the people that initiate you know another wave of of excitement of interest sure and and passion and yeah we'll just get some serial killer who was the captain of a schooner and then you then you'll be all set i'm working on i'm working on the novel but it's going to take a while <laughs> and there's a there's a ton of very dedicated volunteers that have been there for decades mm. or or even more recently though to to make it what it is and give it a, an initial uh, a home that's permanent and have can have public to come in and out of yeah the, it, the it sometimes occurs to me and, and tom you may be old enough to remember this but you know i remember when there was like one tour boat in this town maybe maybe wendella maybe a skyline boat oh yeah and <clears throat> to see what has happened to this river with every single tourist you know i walked down michigan avenue a lot of people like where can i find the architecture boat where can i find yeah. the history boat that boom should have been an indication to the powers that be here yeah of you know there there are tourists from toronto and uh, tokyo who know more about the chicago river and chicago than many people who live here yeah i think the the wendella and the mercury boats have been here um since the 30s yeah it's pushing i know it's fourth generation now yeah Absolutely, and fourth generation in the family. The Borgstrom still run Wendella, and I don't know the name of the family. And actually, uh, I'm going to call him Bobby, but Bobby Agra, who was my deckhand for a while uh, when he was going to college, uh, is now running Mercury. Yeah. Well, Bob Borgstrom, for those of you who really wanted a piece of information, was the first customer when the billy goat opened its place on hubbard street yeah. <laughs> and he's still alive and still wonderfully vital yeah. and uh but sam cyana so hey, bob he come he's the first customer i ever have because he walked over from the river yeah he walked over from the river i've always been charmed charmed by that story uh tom you have your own website it's tom castle t-o-m-k-a-s-t-l-e dot com mm-hmm. uh Patrick, WindyCityHistorians.com is your site and your podcast. I want to talk a little bit more about your podcast. Sure. Mm, what, sure. what is it? I mean, basically I got together with a friend of mine, uh, Chris Lynch, 
who works in the, for the city in the building department, but he and I shared a, a interest in history and got to know each other. And he had this idea when he was doing his Midway Airport book yeah. on uh, called the Midway Historians that he put together, and that helped fuel a second book and some other uh, efforts. Well, I thought, well, that's a great idea. Why don't we do that with all the different history authors that we'd gotten to know from, yeah. from writing a book yep. and get them together. And it started off with we'd had some quarterly meetings for a year or two, and and we thought, well, maybe that'll give us a little more clout possibly with some of the institutions to to pull out you sure. know, photographs, not make it so expensive to publish those. And that didn't really come to fruition. But another friend of mine had pushed me to do a podcast because that was getting popular. And sure. I just I didn't want to do another project. So finally, to satisfy my friend Jill Hagenson, who's a sailor and a and mm-hmm. been a longtime friend, I I went ahead and wrote a one pager of what it would be, and that got me thinking of well, what would I call it? And Windy City Historians made sense, and so naturally I would do it with Chris. Finding out later and talking with his mom, like a year or two into the project, Chris had done college radio for four years and uh, university. Well, that may be one of the reasons. I mean, <laughs> I find it to be incredibly compelling and entertaining and uh, enlightening podcast. We can talk Thank a little you. bit more about that after after the news, and we will concentrate on the Chicago Maritime Museum dot org, ladies and gentlemen dot org, and the event Thursday night. So please stay tuned. Welcome back. I have a few more minutes with these fine people, Tom Castle, Patrick McBriarty. Uh, Tom's website is tomcastle, T-O-M-K-A-S-T-L-E dot com. I'm embarrassed to be saying the websites for you people because you people are smart. So I'm going to say chicagomaritimemuseum.org. I'm yep. not going to spell it for you. And WindyCityHistorians.com. That's Patrick's website. Uh, and where you can hear his his uh, really remarkable, entertaining, and uh, informative podcast. So what happens Thursday night, gentlemen, at the Chicago Maritime Museum at 1200 West 35th Street in a, in a great, great building? So their uh, communications director asked Tom to host, and then Tom... A weeks later, after he realized what he was in for, said, I need some help. He called me, and I was, I guess, crazy enough to say yes. And so here we are, and we're going to kind of host it. I think we're going to sort of wing it, given that we we both feel pretty comfortable talking off the You guys will be great, yeah. And and there will also be some video segments on different things, but the whole theme is connections around the water and the waterways. And and these are the elements that made Chicago, as we were talking about earlier. And and also is the type of thing that the museum wants to preserve and present. You know this heritage uh, that the waterways have, the impact they've made on how the city grew. It's dynamic, how dynamic it is. I can never say dynamicism. I still can't say it. <laughs> Don't but, bother. But yeah, just just everything is changing and growing, and a lot of that had to do with the waterways, which have been changed and modified no, significantly no, over course. the last you know uh, two hundred years since the Native Americans were here. You're going to have some uh, Jay Shevsky, the great uh, television person, some of his stuff there, too. Yeah, it's a hybrid event. So what we did for the last – well, first of all, the Maritime Museum has been a huge organizational partner when we were doing the Chicago Maritime Festival Mm -hmm. uh, at the History Museum and at the Old Town School and all over the place. And we always wanted to move it to a museum once we got a museum. And uh, and then uh, there was a flood, and then there was a 
global pandemic, and then there were all kinds of things. I and, think I heard of that pandemic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then the last two years, uh, it's been a virtual event. And this is the first year we're opening it up to people live in the audience. And there's different donation levels to become part of that audience. And we're exploring connections like, you know, the first thing that came to our mind when we were planning it was Patrick and the and Bridges, because it's an obvious connection. Sure. But we're also delving into some, some of the segment, segments that Jay did for WTTW, and he's going to be featuring those. Oh. And I'll, we also just shot a thing, connections between generations, and they're are a couple of families that I brought down to the to the museum yesterday. And Jim Forney from um, Octane Rich Media came out and shot. And we have two generations of shanty singers. Oh, fantastic. So they started out at the old, you know, the prototype festival back in the 80s at Loyola. And, um, and they've been following it ever since. And there was a C music class at the Old Town School for decades that I was part of. And uh, But now we got to the point where it's like, wait a minute, not just the connections physical ones but also the ones generational from one generation to another and we're super excited about that and so we'll be doing now be fundraising um on site uh virtually and also there'll be a maritime concert featuring uh which i'll be hosting and some of those intergenerational singers too. wow so, so i'm pe- not i'm not sure why tommy even has me he can just carry the whole show he's gonna teach you some shanty songs uh, which he taught me once many many moons ago yeah, i hope you guys will be singing on right. this very show uh <laughs> there are levels as you said levels to donate and give money and people can watch this you know there's still people who don't like to go out and be in crowds but but it's available uh, via, online via zoom yeah yeah you do have to register so definitely yeah. go yep. today go on the w you know um chicago maritime museum.org and right on that first page there's a whole bunch of connections uh, you can get yourself registered and then uh we'll definitely we'll also, know who's coming well wonderful it also introduce you to what I think is a, a, a an essential Chicago uh, organization. I mean, I like the History Museum, which I still call the Chicago Historical Society because <laughs> yes. I'm old and I just was over there and saw, you know, where else are you going to see Kukla and Ali? Fran, Fran, ladies and gentlemen, is not there, but Kukla and Ali are still there. I remember watching. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Gentlemen, uh, it is a real treat for me to see both of you. I admire you both tremendously, and I think this event Thursday sounds great, and I think you should come back uh, whenever you guys are in Chicago. Tom lives lives in Madison, and uh, Patrick now lives in Milwaukee. I mean, I'll make one last plug. We're dedicated supporters of the Maritime Museum because history you can't support enough, and if the listeners can, can do the same, uh, even in a small way, that would be a just huge take a trip. Help. I know you people are out there looking for things to do now that the world has opened up a little after two and a half years. And if you can't make Thursday's event, go to chicagomaritimemuseum.org and see when you can go. Yeah, become a member. Become a member. Thirty five dollars a year, not much to ask. Actually. Oh wow! Oh, for, so. for what for what water and the maritime world does for Chicago? No, that's not much to ask. Guys, thanks for coming in. It's great to see you. Thank you. Both in thanks, person. Rick. Thanks, bud.